How well prepared is the healthcare sector to protect medical devices from cyber attacks? I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with medical device security expert Mike Amadi, who is Global Director of Critical Systems Security for Synopsys Software Integrity Group. Mike will be speaking to us about key findings from a new research study sponsored by Synopsys and conducted by Poneman Institute that examined the cyber vulnerability of medical devices. So now, Mike, very briefly describe what your study looked at, who participated, and what did you examine? We spent quite a bit of time with the Ponemons and determined exactly what the questions would be and who we should reach out to. And we decided that we wanted to ask the questions of not only the medical device manufacturers, but also healthcare delivery organizations, because it's a shared responsibility. So survey went, went out and they got several hundred uh, responses back from both the medical device community and the healthcare delivery organizations. And so, Mike, based on what you saw, what were some of the most surprising findings and what were you seeking to discover? Well, I tell you, the thing that really surprised me the most was the fact that how many organizations were actually willing to admit some of the things that, that they admitted. And I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised because the survey did go out to a wide range of people and organizations. And typically, uh, for example, if you're asking uh, engineers or, or really ground-level workers a real honest and pointed questions, you usually get a very honest answer. I mean, I've been doing this working in medical security for almost a decade now, how abysmal the the uptake and the results are, even a decade later, and uh, certainly in light of the fact that we now have large uh, scalable attacks like Wanna Cry Bug that uh, shut down, I believe it was 39 hospitals in the UK alone. So based upon the numbers, I'm really, really shocked at how badly things are progressing. So, Mike, based on what you see, what are the most common and problematic vulnerabilities in medical devices that are potentially putting data security and patient privacy and safety at risk? You know, it's really hard to actually point to any specific vulnerabilities. The the, the thing that, that troubles me when I look at medical devices is the sheer number of vulnerabilities. When you have 7,000 vulnerabilities, it's pretty much game over from trying to protect your system from attacks if an attacker really wants to go over it. So, and then the other thing that really stood out to me was the fact that the, there's such a low number of organizations that even bother to test devices for vulnerabilities after deployment. It was, you know, abysmally low. There's quite a bit of risk out there today. So, Mike, as we know, the FDA over the last couple of years has issued guidance for how medical device manufacturers should be addressing security in the pre- and post-market of their products, as well as considerations that healthcare entities should take with these products in their environments. What's your advice for how the industry should be addressing these issues? What's being most overlooked? Well, I think to begin with, the thing that really sticks out to me that is being most overlooked is all guidance taken together. So according to the survey result, for example, only 51% of medical device companies said that they follow FDA guidance. That's a shockingly low number for a regulated industry. Now, of course, the problem with guidance is the fact that it's guidance, which means really 
really, it, it's, it's optional. Now, the FDA claims that they can enforce it, but the truth is the FDA really doesn't enforce it, and that's the, the problem we have today. So I guess the good news is, and I said I've been doing this for nearly a decade, is we've managed to go from zero to 51% in a decade. But the reality of it is that, and I say this because my wife's a school teacher, 51% is still an F. So if, you're, if the world is comfortable with an F for critical infrastructure, then I guess we're fine. But I certainly am not. So, Mike, as you mentioned, the recent WannaCry attacks affected many healthcare organizations in the UK and in the US. There were at least two hospitals that admitted to being affected. At least one medical device manufacturer there admitted its imaging products had been affected at the two U.S. hospitals that were impacted. Do you think it's possible that other medical devices have also been impacted by WannaCry or other ransomware, but the industry hasn't realized or disclosed that yet, and why? Oh, I I can assure you that with certainty that what we're seeing is just the reported incidences. Most organizations try to avoid airing their dirty laundry as much as possible. Certainly when the lawyers get involved, uh, that happens. I've personally witnessed organizations that have, where we've discovered things under NDA, that chose to keep it quiet. So I'm quite certain that it's a much bigger problem that's been reported. And the sad reality of it, what's been reported is already completely shocking. Attacks and bugs are like cockroaches. When you see one, there's another thousand of them behind the wall, right? So I think it's really uh, horrible. And then the, the other thing that really surprises me is if you look at the, the reports, there were 36% of medical device manufacturers admitted that they were aware of a attack on their medical devices security incident, which led to an adverse patient event. That's a shockingly high number. And then you couple that with the fact that only 51% they're even say they're even following guidance and even less that are doing post-market testing, it really doesn't paint a very comforting picture. And Mike, of those medical devices that were impacted by perhaps a cyber-related issue that affected patients, what sorts of devices, what sorts of effect on patients? That piece of information was not part of the survey. It's really unknown and unclear. I think another thing that's important to point out is that the WannaCry attack was really mostly focused on the medical device data systems and the EHR systems, which are completely unregulated by the FDA altogether. And in fact, nobody regulates them. The only regulations that exist today are related to medical device data systems or EHR systems is that the patient privacy must be protected. But if an attack happens that does not affect patient privacy, it actually falls into a completely unregulated space. So the fact is that the systems that are most affected today, believe it or not, are completely living in an unregulated black hole. One of the problems we often hear with medical devices is that many of them run old legacy operating systems such as Windows XP. Any estimates for how many of those sorts of medical devices running these old operating systems are still in use in the U.S. today in healthcare environments? And what's your advice to healthcare providers using these devices? It's really difficult for me to estimate how many are still in use because If you talk to any large healthcare organization, 
they often are unaware of what they have in-house to begin with. Their, their asset tracking is really bad. But the thing that really concerns me the most is there are new devices today that are being submitted to the FDA running Windows XP that are still getting approved. So the big problem is that regardless of what the number is, uh, the FDA has not in any way stopped anybody from releasing legacy oper operating systems regardless of the known security issues. So it's an ongoing problem. And, and the one piece of advice I would give to the healthcare delivery organizations is stop buying products that are running legacy operating systems. Ask the question. And oftentimes they don't because, well, a big part of it is cost. You know, the old systems are, are, are usually available at a, at a better deal or the medical device manufacturer simply hasn't changed and the healthcare delivery organization finds the cost appealing. And Mike, in terms of new products that are being presented to the FDA for approval, but are based on old operating systems like XP, what sorts of products should organizations be careful about buying in general that could be something that is based on XP? Typically, patient monitoring systems, any electronic health record system, and the you know some of the electronic health record systems are actually completely unregulated to begin with. But uh, we've seen patient monitoring systems that are still running XP or XP embedded. Really, any of your uh, some of your larger pieces of equipment are often what's running the operating systems like Windows XP. Uh, and some of them critical, you know, patient monitoring systems and uh, even life support systems. So, Mike, with that said, what's your advice to the healthcare entities when considering to purchase these products? Should they be asking outright what operating system are these systems based on? Yes, that should be one of many questions. So, uh, Mayo Clinic is the organization that has actually done the best job at this, where uh, Mayo Clinic put together a very nice procurement language document, and they basically require anyone that is bidding on a contract to provide them evidence that they're delivering a device that meets requisite security level before they're even given the right to bid on the, on the contract. And I would advise every single healthcare delivery organization to vote with their wallet in the same way. Say, look, we're not going to buy your products unless you provide us clear evidence that your product is not a security risk to us. Thanks, Mike. I've been speaking to Mike Amadi. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.